Is your business plan very unclear and you're tirelessly working at a low-paying career? Let's help you get out of the rut and let go of the fear. It's time to excel into the million-dollar stratosphere. Now, here's your host of The Balanced Millionaire, who will take you there, Eileen Mendel. host of The Balanced Millionaire, and our show is designed to inform and inspire entrepreneurs, business owners, and executives to up-level their careers while maintaining balance in their lives uh, from high quality of health, relationships, time and money freedom, and of course, their profession. I'm so happy today to have our guest on the show, Nan Nguyen, and she is the author of a new book that just was just launched called One Million Steps, Lessons from a Legendary Hike and Self-Defined Success. You have everything it takes. And the founder, she's also the founder and CEO of Sintanami. So I didn't pronounce that right. Sintamani Group an executive coaching and consulting firm. Nan coaches on leadership and empowers entrepreneurs as an intuitive strategist. With over a decade of business strategy experience as an advisor to Fortune 100 companies, Nan is also a certified master level intelligent leadership executive coach with John Matone, and she was an analyst for McKinsey and Company. She graduated with a double honors degree in biochemistry, biophysics, and bioengineering from Oregon State University, and completed a research fellowship at MIT in nanotechnology. So welcome, Nan, to our show. Let's let's get going here. I want to hear more about your experience. Um, you hiked the El Camino. I want to I want to hear all about that and how, as you quote unquote, it has become a journey of healing and self-discovery. Yes. Hi, Aileen. Thank you so much for your generous introduction. And I'm really glad to be here. I love what you're up to in the mission of this show, right? Helping people achieve, of course, that level of success, but also the full spectrum success, balance in all domains too, and what really ultimately could, will bring that sense of happiness and fulfillment. So love what you're up to. And I'm so glad to be here. And I'm so excited for the opportunity to share more with you. Well, let's get started. Uh, you uh, had a history of coming from um, Asia, and originally you were from Vietnam, uh, mm-hmm. and grew up on the West Coast, and um, then you uh, ended up on the East Coast, and you're now in Boston. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your background, and then we'll get into what motivated you to go do the Alpha Camino de Santiago. Yeah, uh, happy to, love to share. So I was born in Vietnam, My fa- that's where my family is from, both my parents, they're from um, 
the south, uh, southern Vietnam. And so I grew up there and right around, I think I was around seven years old when my family immigrated to the U.S. just to um, look for new opportunities, right? Because after the Vietnam War and um, the Communist Party took over southern Vietnam, my parents didn't see a lot of opportunities for us. And so they had the chance to immigrate to the U.S. We had a, um, we have a great aunt who lives in Oregon. And so she sponsored us. The paperwork took a very long time. I think it took almost 10 years for everything to get processed. But fortunately, it did go through. And so we immigrated to Oregon, which is where I grew up um, in a small town south of Portland, and I grew. I lived there most of my life. You know, after I went to my undergrad there, and but right after undergrad, I um, I stayed there for a couple of years. Had an opportunity to build a couple of businesses in renewable energy, and then was um, recruited by Mercedes Benz to do an international project management rotation. So I traveled with them for a while. Um, Ended up back in Oregon, you know, right after, you know, I had done a small, a short stint at MIT doing re, um, some research in nanotechnology and just absolutely fell in love with Boston. And so at one point I just had to, it got to the point where I just had to make that decision. It's like, where do I want to settle down um, and decided Boston was it and made it happen. Found a, Luckily found a great job um, with McKinsey and company and moved to Boston and I've just been here probably almost gosh I'm losing track now I think almost eight years now and I'm just loving it I think this is home for me it's interesting because I moved the other way I came from outside of New York City and I'm living the west coast oh <laughs> but you, you did the opposite move yeah um, so and there's different cultures on each side of things I'm sure when you grew up in Oregon you got exposed to a lot of um, nature and, you know, all the stuff that Oregon has to offer. Um, and there's some alternative things, et cetera, that, you know, you don't see as much uh, where you're located. Mm. But at the same time, um, the you know, that New York, Boston area is all very, uh, very high end financial, cultural, um, mm. go, 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 you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New York probably a little more than Boston, but Boston's right there. <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit more about um, how you decided to, you know, start your own company, get on this, you know, journey of um, building your own self-discovery and, you know, learning and, and ultimately um, ending up um, writing this book, this uh <laughs> wonderful book that uh, everybody should read about how the principles of how one can go inside and transform themselves and discover more. Yeah, it's, um, it's been quite the journey. And looking back, you know, I'm so grateful for the experiences and the guidance and the support that really got me to where I'm at today. I mean, I, after my undergraduate education, you know, I it would end up going into entrepreneurship for a few years and learn a lot. It was a great opportunity. We were, you know, we achieved profitability in a relatively short period of time, um, manufacturing biodiesel and renewable diesel. But I, my, I was an engineer by training. I didn't actually know how to run a business. And I was partnering with a couple other, you know, seasoned entrepreneurs as well. So I wasn't doing it alone. We had a really good team, but we basically just hustled 
hustled and worked really hard and made it happen. And then luckily it happened. Didn't really know what we did right and didn't know what we did wrong. And so during that time, I just realized that I just really needed more business skills. So I ended up, you know, getting my MBA while I was building um, those businesses. And then later, you know, felt that I just needed, I wanted to go into the corporate world. world. I wanted to learn from companies who um, have really achieved success, who are doing it right, um, and got the opportunity to work for Mercedes-Benz and their parent company, Daimler AG, and learned so much through that. And it pulled me into this path in management consulting, which was completely different than what I expected. I mean, my education was in biomedical engineering. Um, and so I that you know, I was considering, you know, getting my doctorate in biomedical engineering, but then ended up building my businesses, um, actually building my businesses and then going down the route of management consulting. And I learned a lot, but I always felt like, you know, as I was pursuing my career, what really, I was pretty deep into my career and I love strategy consulting, but the part that really um, fascinated me the most was really what made one company, you know, take a great strategy and run with it and be incredibly successful. Whereas another company will have the strategy, but they can never quite get buy-in or get the traction. And it has nothing to do with like the strategy, right? It's all well thought through. It's recommended. It's great. And it comes down to, of course, the people, which is the greatest asset of any organization of, you know, the leaders, how they're able to communicate, inspire their people, the relationships, how much they're able to get the buy-in and the implementation. And I was just got so fascinated with that. And a couple years ago, ended up, you know, through a number of series of events, this, this um, got connected to wanting to build a coaching business and get more um, involved working with people one-on-one on helping them achieve success and their mindset. Um, and, it just, I just fell in love with it. It was just so much fun being able to have these rich conversations with people about, you know, ultimately was it that they would love to create in their life? How do they bring it forward? And, you know, one thing after that, I built my coaching business first and then ended up leaving my consulting job about a year ago um, and built my um, now and then built Shintamani Group, which is my consulting and leadership development um, agency where we're working with Fortune 500 um, companies, really going back to the target um, business that I was working with in management consulting. So I was guided and I just followed my passions and it seemed to come together and work out. So Nan, you came from kind of a left-brained, you know, your degree in biochemistry, biophysics, bioengineering, and now you're basically doing something more right-brained, mm-hmm. which is developing people, leadership, relationships, so how, do, um, how people interact, you're observing, but also helping companies implement better um, teamwork and mm-hmm. uh, realization of you know, consciously living you know, uh, you know, living a life they love, uh, building something much greater than themselves. Mm-hmm. So how um, how did that actually occur? Was there like kind of an aha moment? Like, you know, like you <laughs> said, uh, you know, um, wow, you know, I was like, you know, um, I was narrowing my focus on, you know, 
on X and now it's like you're doing <laughs> almost a, a turn a turnaround to something that's entirely different but using different skill sets that you or you innately have obviously yeah I um you know I know you are very aware of this study right and you'll know that we you know I was basically pulled to this path because you know we live in a universe that really speaks to us through our longings and our discontents right and although I love strategy consulting I just feel so blessed to have had that opportunity it was a dream job um, and I learned so much I did ultimately got to a point where it just felt like something was missing like I love the logical and sit down and mapping out the company's like strategy and look at their financials and the market and doing all the competitive analysis and interviews. I learned a lot, but I just started getting to the point where it felt a little bit, um, I don't know what the best word to use is. It just felt like it lacked like the richness and the depth and the fullness for me. And I felt like something was missing. Um, and I've always, you know, I've always loved personal development. It was always something that I was studying on the side. It really, I think it contributed to me achieving, you know, the levels of success and that I got to in my professional career was because I continue working on myself, but it was just something I did as a hobby on the side. And so once I started feeling that level of discontent, I really had to just sit down and dig deep and it wasn't an easy process by any means to just really ask myself like you know what is it that I love like what is it that really brought me joy you know and really dig deep there and got to the you know start realizing that I've always loved you know supporting like colleagues and friends and people through some one form of coaching or another it's just I didn't know I was doing it but I was helping people grow and connect with what they love and helping them see things differently and develop my team um didn't even I didn't even recognize I was a people person. I just, you know, started realizing that I'm like, oh, I actually really like doing that and just took one step after another and started looking into a coaching business. It seemed at the in the beginning, it seemed like it was a crazy idea because I had built this career almost like 10 years and I was about to just leave it all to go do something completely different that I was new at. Um but I just felt that calling and I felt like it was so right for me. And when I started talking to clients and, you know, really getting deep and having these conversations, with people that I just never had the opportunity to have before where I got to ask them, you know, what is it that's really challenging them? What is really bothering them? What are their passions? What is it that they really would love to create in the world if they could do anything? You know, what is their vision? What are they ultimately trying to get to? What's important to them? I just like these conversations just fill me up. And, I, and so it just and, um, became a career that I just fell in love more and more. And I, at, in the beginning, I was building it while I was working, you know, in the management consulting job, which is almost like two jobs on its own. And I would come home very late at night, work early into evenings, and I would just still love it. And so I think that was a clue and a signal for me um, to continue. And then it unfolded where now the skill set in my management consulting in the strategy consulting really helps um, with, uh, you know, leadership development and also like uh, employee development and the com company culture. So it's coming together, but I didn't, it didn't um, initially look like that. Well, I can hear all the enthusiasm 
<laughs> and energy in your voice that you've made the right choice. <laughs> yeah. It, didn't, it was scary for a while, um, but it's coming together and it, it feels right. But in the beginning, I was like, oh, I don't know the skill, <laughs> you know, because I was basically learning everything new again. And I had forgotten, you know, what it was like to be a beginner. And that was actually one of the hardest things with switching to a new career for me was that after, you know, almost like 10 years, I actually had forgotten what it was like to learn in the beginning. And I got to a level of competency where, you know, strategy consulting was, it wasn't ever easy, but like I knew what to do and I had the level of competency that I was comfortable with. And then to start all over again and do coaching, it was like, now I'm a beginner again. It was just, it was quite the transition, but I'm glad I made the choice. I can totally identify with you. It's a little scary to step out of you know, a corporate, uh, more defined setting mm -hmm. and now you're on your own and you've you know you've got a lot of skills behind you but there's an uncertainty because you're doing okay. something different from what you had done before mm -hmm. yeah I underestimated how hard that transition would be <laughs> you know? I uh I started out entrepreneurship so it was, you know, in the beginning, it was like, I mean, I was younger, too. So like risks felt different. You know, I probably wasn't even aware of the risk to worry about it. <laughs> yes. So it was just like, you're doing it. And then we made we made it work. And we just had poured a lot of energy and time into it. And then I am um, the court. I mean, I just thought it really made me appreciate the support and the structure in the systems that are in place within the corporate world, where you know, there's always something a reference or people in this, you know, there was a lot of safety within that for me, because it was so comfortable, <laughs> you know, and I was there and I actually to this day, probably still feel very comfortable, you know, when I go to my corporate clients, because that's just the culture that I'm used to. And so when I, I the first like probably the first six months when I left my um, you know, my corporate job, it just felt like my whole entire like life structure just fell apart. Like I had to like figure out and rebuild all of it again. And it made me just appreciate, realize that I, you know, probably took a lot of things for granted. Like, you know, we learned that in life where once we don't have it, we're like, okay, you know, should have appreciated that a little bit more. But it all makes you see it from a different perspective. So it sounds like uh, leaving that corporate structure did allow you more freedom mm -hmm. to figure out yeah what is actually um the kind of business you know that uh, an environment and business that you would like to have for yourself because you you saw like i said the um how the corporate world was restrictive mm -hmm. what have you done you know with your own business that you know is allowing you to be more creative because uh, you know when you're in that corporate world you're told to only focus on x and mm -hmm. that's your specialty but now it's like you've probably grown so much as as a person you know how has tell us a little bit more about that you know your your personal growth and then we'll get into your hike yeah but so tell us what's been going on yeah, uh, that's such a great question. Would love to share. It's actually been really fascinating. So I was really blessed to have worked in two companies that are great companies, right? I worked at um, Mercedes Daimler AG, which is the parent company of Mercedes Benz, and they have celebrated, and then also Liberty Mutual Insurance. So they both these companies have celebrated their centennial. They've lasted over a hundred years. They have an amazing brand. They're great companies that take great care of their people. They have good culture. I could just go on and on about them. 
I feel like I grew up there and they raised me. So I just have so much gratitude for these companies and how what a great experience it was working for them. And then also I got to consult with McKinsey and Company, where I got to also work with major businesses and organizations that are doing very well. So I got to see, and in consulting, you get to see all aspects of the business. So it's not one niche. I got to work in different projects across different operations, domain, strategy, their finances, you know, look at mergers and acquisitions. So I really got a perspective of how, what does it take to, you know, operate and optimize a major corporation and all that knowledge. So then when I went to go build, you know, now that I'm building my own business, which I have every intention for it to become a major corporation, it's quite the blessing because I get to basically build it from scratch. You know, in consulting, we would go in and we would basically optimize and maybe there's problems and we try and fix it. But now I know somewhat potentially could be the problems down the line. So I get to build that foundation exactly how I would love to, like almost like textbook, you know, business. And it's actually, you know, planning and strategizing. And so it's very methodical the way I'm building these businesses now versus, you know, how I built the first two businesses out of my undergrad, where we basically just made it happen uh, from just, you know, fixing problems as they occur. But here I have like such a clear business plan and like our growth strategy and our organizational structure and just everything that, you know, I've seen it takes to make a business last for the long run. And it's um, quite the blessing to be able to do that and be able to just build it however I want to um, and, you know, really leverage all my skill set in strategy consulting. So we'll see. I mean, I'm still working on it. So we'll see if this uh, this works in the end. You know, that's really the best, the best test. But um, so far, I think it, it's, you know, much more um, structured in the way I'm doing it. And it sounds like you're much more confident than you were when you were right out of undergrad and started, you know, work with some entrepreneurs, it sounds like now you have so much more knowledge, experience, leadership, skill sets that, you know, you're, you know, you're prepared. Whereas before you, you were not really that prepared to be, you know, a partner in an entrepreneur <laughs> yeah, business. For sure. I mean, I like, you know, because like, in my work in consulting, I was helping companies, you know, put in these systems for, you know, major, you know, for the major functional lines. And so at now when I'm building my business, I'm like, I can see what it needs to get to. It's in like its seedling stage right now, but I can see, you know, the foundations that need to put in and where it's going to go. I think that's the best. I mean, that's the gift, right? Like if you can actually see the end goal, even if it's down the line, then you at least know like what to do and what to prepare in the current moment and at least, you know, put the right structures in place, even though even if it's not going to grow that fast. And so rather than worrying about fixing it down the line. And so, yeah, I think that's definitely, you know, having that clarity is definitely making me feel, you know, as a little bit more confident. I mean, as confident as you know any entrepreneur can be, because it's always a little bit of a, you know, you do your best, right, and go out there. And of course, there's always the entrepreneurship. Is I feel like it's a little bit of a roller coaster. There's like up highs and lows. Um, so, but it's definitely helping a bit. So let, let's uh, talk about this um, hike that you took on the Camino. Mm-hmm. First of all, what what motivated you to 
to do the hike in the first place. <laughs> yes, which is interesting because I am not a hiker. Like, I mean, the, I was the wondering fact- about that. If you had experience with hiking and backpacking, and I no. said, "Wow, she's like really you know, sports." Yeah, it was yeah. really um, all-rounded people. <laughs> yeah, um, so that's, I mean, that, that's the first thing is that I am not a hiker. The fact that I even hiked that path, I mean, it's, it speaks a lot to my personality too. Uh, I think before the Camino de Santiago, and maybe for um, listeners that may not be aware, so the Camino de Santiago is a pilgrimage across the northern part of Spain. It's been around for over a thousand years. It has hosted kings and queens and legions of armies over the years. It's now in days is one of the top um, pilgrimages in the world and hosts hundreds of thousands of people um, very regularly across um, several paths to the Spanish city of uh, Santiago de Compostela. And so there's a main path called the Camino Francis or the French Way that is around 500 miles. And it starts at the foot of the um, French Pyrenees in the um, southern border of France, um, St. Jean-Pied-de-Port. And so this is a 500 mile hike. It takes about, I want to say like four or five weeks. I mean, you can spread it out longer if you want. And so before walking the Camino de Santiago, even though I grew up in Oregon, which is famous for all their nature and their hikes, I think the longest hike I walked was, has been had been um, five miles, maybe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. And now you're facing something like 100 times longer. <laughs> yeah, and that thought occurred to me multiple times throughout that walk where I was like, this is crazy. What was I thinking? But um, I ended up going... Uh, you know, going back to your question about like the motivation to walk for, um, I, uh, you know, so I, I was, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for the, you know, level, the experiences I got in my career. And I did achieve um, a level of success that I wanted. Um, Although ultimately, you know, once I was, you know, in consulting and doing um, all this work, and I didn't, I still felt like something was missing. I think it was because I wasn't really pursuing the path that was ultimately right for me. So I kind of had this like lingering feeling like something was not quite right. And I was always searching for answers. Um, And I have a really dear family friend whom I grew up with and back in uh, Oregon, and she's an avid hiker and she's very active. And so she's like always wanted to walk the Camino de Santiago. And through the years, she's always talking about it. It's actually one of her bucket list items. And so and I would visit her when I go back um, to Oregon every year to visit my family who is still out there. And so during one of the visits, we just talked about it. And she's like, oh, you know, let's hike it. Let's walk it. And I, she was telling me how, you know, people really experience miracles on the Camino, how they really find their path and they get so much more clarity. Um, and at, at, I think she's always told me this, but at some point it just landed differently. And I just felt like, yes, this is it. Like, this is for me. I'm going to do this. And so I was going to walk it with her. And then so we planned this whole trip. And then probably a few months before I called her and she ended up, um, her dad got sick and she had to use her vacation time to go visit, to go visit him. And then it was between leaving her job or walking the Camino because she didn't have the four weeks of vacation. And she seriously debated leaving her job to walk the Camino, but ended up not doing that. 
And at, at the, like by this time, I had been reading so much about it and I was preparing. Um, I was disappointed to not go. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just go by myself. I already planned it. I already scheduled time off. Um, and I was going to split the trip into two separate, I think initially, yeah, like two, three separate trips that ended up doing, finishing it within two trips and just decided to just go. And I was very unprepared. I didn't train. I didn't even break in my boots. Like I just did everything wrong, you know, and just like <laughs> landed in St. Jean Pete de Port um, and just started the hike. And I think like the first, uh, I would say the first like 20, maybe an hour, I was like, gosh, I've been walking for a really long time. And I was like, how in the world am I going to finish 500 miles? <laughs> you know, and that thought came up a lot. But then, you know, eventually it, it unfolded the way it did. So we're going to take a quick break mm -hmm. and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about your experiences and the takeaways from your hike on the Camino. Okay. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. My business has lost its upward momentum. I'm working up to 14 hours a day, but my sales seem to have plateaued. I'm so overwhelmed. I used to have that same problem, but ever since I found the Balanced Millionaire Consulting Firm, our sales and profits have risen sharply. Even our staff is more engaged, and the atmosphere is full of energy. I have no time to work on my business to develop new sales and marketing strategies. I would love to expand, have strategic partnerships, and access to financing. You can do all of that and more. The Balanced Millionaire Consulting Team advises you on streamlining your operations, establishing alliances, and most importantly, increasing your revenues and profits. Let us help you build value and reduce stress in your business. Take charge. Don't let your business control your life. Visit TheBalancedMillionaire.com or call 442-224-0160 for a free consultation. That's 442-224-0160 or TheBalancedMillionaire.com. Former highly paid corporate insider and expert in scaling businesses for over three decades, Eileen Mindell is a serial entrepreneur, business consultant, renowned speaker, and author. Tune into The Balanced Millionaire on bbsradio.com weekly on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Central, and 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to learn the secrets to working fewer hours and achieving financial breakthroughs, increased revenue, and prosperity while maintaining personal and professional balance and harmony. You can also hear us on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Spotify. To schedule a private consultation about your business, call or text 760-450-6133 or visit inneredgeinternational.com 760-450-6133 or visit inneredgeinternational.com founder and CEO of The Balanced Millionaire. Who are we and what is our mission? We are a strategic business advisory firm dedicated to advancing leadership and business growth. Listen to what our clients have to say about us. I was blessed to meet Aileen. 
She has done numerous things for my business, from giving me professional advice to introducing me to new connections and going as far as finding me new team members. I cannot say enough about her and her business for the help they have given to my company. I've been working with the Balanced Millionaires team. They've helped me in setting up a concrete plan to get my business to the next level. Eileen is a cheering, inspiring and benevolent advisor. Knowing that she's gone through the same challenges gives me the confidence that I'm on the right track. If you are a growing seven or eight figure business that is ready to reach new heights, contact us at info at thebalancedmillionaire.com. That's info at thebalancedmillionaire.com. Welcome back, everyone. I am with Nan Nguyen, who is a entrepreneur, executive coach, and advisor to Fortune 500 companies. And she is talking to us today about some of the experiences that she has had that led to her writing a book and learning about her inner, her inside self, her inner self, and sharing this information so that you can apply it to yourself when she was walking the Camino de Santiago. Welcome back, Nan. Hi. Glad to be here. Hi. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so where we left off was that you decided to do this hike totally unprepared. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you were like, once you got there, I was like, what did I commit to? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then once you got into it, you said, okay, let's continue on. Let's continue walking. Um, so what were some of the experiences that happened while you were walking and um, you had this long, long, long 500-mile journey <laughs> yes, to, yes, like, really, very long. <laughs> to really do self-contemplation. So yeah, you know, some of the things that happened. Yeah, you know, and it was even longer for me than for most people because I split the trip into two different trips. So it actually took me over two years to finally finish the walk. Um, and I had traveled a lot. So like up to this point when I walked the Camino, I had been um, working in management consulting. I had traveled with Mercedes-Benz. Um, I've lived all over the world. You know, I lived in Europe, traveled, backpack. I lived in Asia. But by far, the Camino de Santiago was the most memorable travel experience and adventure I've ever had. Just this 500-mile walk. And I you know, it was, it's interesting because if I think back to like, you know, what, what were the things that stand out? I was like, well, it was like the painful blisters. It was like the, you know, being exhausted, not <laughs> sleeping well, all the hostels, the beds were uncomfortable, but the richness of the path. And it's like, I, I really, you know, it's hard. I would definitely would put into words in the book and I shared just the people that you meet, the miracles, the shifts, the transformation, who I started with, you know, the closer I got to Santiago, the more grounded I felt within myself and I started seeing the world differently. It was just such a rich experience and, you know, you're walking through these, um, on the path of the French way. Of course, you know, there's multiple paths of the Camino de Santiago. Basically, you can 
walk at your house and walk to Santiago and that's your pilgrimage. But there's a standard path, right? Of That's the most popular one. And all along this path, there are albergues that are you know, pilgrim um, hostels dedicated to pilgrims. And every, like every five or 10 kilometers, they're like coffee shops. They're cute little historical towns that people have been hosting pilgrims for hundreds of years and so and they have these like unique like pilgrim menus you get together with all the rest of the pilgrims that are walking the path and you have these like communal um, dinners and then you're sharing you know your the dorms together um, and you're building these amazing friendships with just incredible people that are walking the path that is just so rich um, and just the highs and lows and being able to um, really cross the valleys and the mountains of, of course, the path, the physical path itself, but then also discovering, you know, for me, the strengths within me when I didn't think I was going to be able to finish. I had no experience. Um, and the, oftentimes crossing like the mountains, right? I actually had to cross the French Pyrenees the first day without any sort of training and carrying my big backpack. And it was just all these like feelings of achievement and how much, you know, I grow even within a few days of walking the Camino just makes it just such an incredibly rich, like, experience overall. Now, tell us a little bit more about uh, when you were running into people, I assume they were people from all over the world mm-hmm. that had different reasons for being on the path. Yeah. Like, like uh, what were some of the, the people that you met? What, what was that like? I mean, did you meet somebody who, you know, had gone through maybe some uh, trials in their mm-hmm. life and this was a way to cleanse? Or what, what were some of the people like on the path? Yeah, that and that's really one of the fa- most fascinating things on the Camino for me were the people that I met and the relationships that I was able to form with people. And the thing about the Camino is that although it started and it is a Christian pilgrimage, I saw people from all walks of life, all religions, all ages. I met people that were, you know, out of high school um, or, you know, folks that are retired or much older walking the path and all from all over the world. I met people from, you know, South Korea, from Europe, from, you know, a bunch of folks from Canada, U.S., Latin America, um, Asia, just all over the world. Um, And they came from all different backgrounds. And so that was a fascinating thing that you could you know, meet these people, sit down at like a coffee shop or communal like dining experience and be able to hear about their life story and their experiences. And it's interesting because how fast you're able to form relationships on this path. I think because everyone that walks it grows so much on a day-to-day basis that sometimes you run into someone in one town and then you see them again at like a coffee shop and then you see them in another town. And after three days, you guys are like best friends. Like, you know, it's like you felt like you've just grown like a month together um, and you just see them regularly because you're basically walking the same similar path. And so I got the opportunity to have some oftentimes, you know, I find that the path really mirrors like. You know, I start seeing it as like a metaphor for our walk in life overall. And sometimes you'll be walking the path and you meet someone and they, you click and you happen to be walking the similar pace. And so you share a moment together and then, you know, something happens. Someone wants to go faster. Someone wants to slow down. Someone wants to stop, experience something new. And so you split up. Um, 
But in those moments sometimes where I got the opportunity to really share a moment and part of the walk with people, I just got, was able to have these like amazing like life conversations where I really, you know, grew within a day here, their entire life story, you know, all the woes and joys and their struggles. And, you know, people oftentimes are drawn to the Camino because they're looking for something they're searching for something whether or not they know exactly what that is i think typically we don't always know what we're searching for that's why there's that feeling that something is needing need to be surfaced right and so i got to have these this rich and fulfilling conversations um with people and then i also end up making some really good friends where we shared like hostels together and stayed up very late into the night just talking about you know, everything under the sun, you know, just getting really getting to know each other. And just, there was just such um, the relationships and the people that you meet, I think, on the um, really made the Camino the you know amazing experience that it was. I mean, what you're describing is like some kind of almost like a U.N., an international <laughs> meeting place yeah. where you can meet, you know, like all the different like you said, religions and nationalities of the world <laughs> yeah. come to, together. And the commonality is that you're all searching for something. Yeah. Know, for clarity and, and to grow. So tell us more about um, what you learned, the lessons you learned on the path, because it sounds like um, just, you know, walking the path and the interactions with the other people mm-hmm. really taught you, you know, some life lessons that are going to stay with you for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, it was it was profound. And I share a lot of those lessons um, in the book, you know, and I think you hit it right on that, like, it was a, such a, the people that you meet really created those experiences. And also, you know, I forgot to mention one thing that really stood out and the amazing thing about the Camino is that everyone that is drawn to walking a pilgrimage is at some level, you know, believe at some level of spirituality, right? And so sometimes you'll hear these conversations when you're walking about, you know, compassion and gratitude, just not everyday conversations that you would always hear walking down the street. And so it was just so much fun. Uh, It was just really unique and different there. And I came to see the Camino as really a metaphor for the way, you know, you walk through life, right? And I really got to experience it differently. Thinking here, as far as like some of the major lessons, you know, what really made the Camino the magical experience that it was is the fact that like I came to meet people that really would stir up different emotions and different, you know, unhealed parts of myself or similarities or like trigger things that I had tried to forget. Um, And it wasn't always, and I came to learn that healing doesn't always you know, it's not always an easy um, and, you know, simple process, right? That sometimes it does require facing things that we don't want to face. Um, and I, you know, on the Camino, I ended up meeting a lot of people that stirred this up in me, even though I had never met anyone or even, th- even thought I still had that for years. I thought I had dealt with it. I thought I had forgotten it. And when I was on the Camino, I got had to face all that again. It wasn't always easy. But then the amazing thing is that once I dealt with it and I you know, let the emotions come up and surface and resolve it, I stopped meeting those types of people. I stopped running into those circumstances. And then I, of course, be dealt the next obstacle and something new. So I think that was something that really stood out is just the fact that, you know, oftentimes 
the unhealed parts of ourselves really need to be surfaced, right? And that we need to resolve them. And after I would deal and have these like situations happen, I actually started feeling more grounded within myself and I started feeling more, um, you know, it's like as I got closer to Santiago, it was fascinating because I um, started seeing like the, the cities and the towns I was walking through just with so much more richness and crispness and uh, I saw so much more life and happiness even though even if the surrounding didn't seem free because I think that there was just a part of myself that like the beauty that I was seeing is because I was more healed and whole um, and so really that gave me the insight as far as you know how to trust life of you know just bringing up things that really you need to deal with even if it's in ways that you don't want to um, and then another I think one of the most powerful things I learned was the power of setting an intention um, and what that really meant. So when I first walked the Camino, when I first arrived, you know, and this 500-mile walk, I really set an intention that I was going to finish it within, like, two years and that, you know, I would walk into Santiago and just feel whole and healed and all, you know, my, more myself because I was at the point in my life where I felt like a lot of things were disappointing and I was searching for something even though I didn't know what it was and then um, I basically just forgot about the intention because it was so strenuous the first day crossing the French Pyrenees um, yes and I was just like okay I completely forgot about it and I just continued and there were times where it was hard and painful and I wondered if I could actually get to Santiago and then it wasn't until and then I, you know, after two and a half weeks, I got to Burgos, which is about maybe halfway, a third of the, you know, maybe a little more, like a third of the way. And I, I went back to my life and I completely about, forgot about the Camino. I actually even considered I wasn't going to come back. Like I was like, I'll come back someday, <laughs> you know. And then, yes. um, and then I ended up about two years later, just a whole series of things unfolded in my life where it was like an upheaval and everything changed and in the moment of despair I was like I remembered the Camino and I was like oh I really want to finish it you know I need to do that now and it wasn't until the day that I packed up my things and left to go like to fly back to Madrid that I was like oh my god I'm gonna finish this walk within two years like I had intended and I'm actually feeling like with the changes that I'm making that I'm actually feeling so much more myself. That was actually the beginning of me building my businesses and starting to write, which has always been a passion of mine that I had kept putting off until, you know, everything was like, you know, the upheaval went through my life and I was kind of was pushed to change. And then by the time I walked into Santiago, I was like, this was exactly what I had prayed for ten, like two years ago. I just completely forgot about it and I didn't even think it was going to come true. But it all came true, and I just it just really showed me the miracle that this life is and the power of setting an intention for what is it that you want, doing your best, and then trusting that life really has your back with that. I just love the way you put it. And in summation, I was just going to summarize some of the stuff that you just said because it's very, <laughs> very, very interesting um, and powerful information that – going on that journey whether it's you know hiking the camino 
or just taking, you know, a long journey on some other trail or whatever, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is, is your passion, you're doing a cleansing or there is a release of things as you're um, interacting with other people along mm -hmm. that route, you were releasing so much that was so locked in inside of you. Mm. And you allowed it to come up surface, the mm. fact that you fa you faced it, and then you found that inner peace, and it kept happening. You said, you know, when you went through one layer, like an onion, you know, mm -hmm. peeling the layers, then something else would come up that you had forgotten about, and you dealt with that. And by the end of it, you had such a feeling of inner calm, inner peace, mm -hmm. and that you had healed, so to speak, healed yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even though I was reluctant, I didn't know that was happening. Um, <laughs> it definitely worked like that, and it definitely, you know, I think it, my experience was definitely exactly what you described. Where it's almost like an onion, like the healing process. You know, like you think one thing is resolved, and then under that is another layer, and you just keep peeling it back. Um, and then in the end, it did, you know, what is underneath all of that, right? And is the authentic self and like the true self that feels more, you know, who you are too. And that's just, it's just really a process that is necessary, even though sometimes it doesn't feel very good. <laughs> well, it's interesting because you took that break, you could have put it off, mm -hmm. But do you think it was almost like destiny that, you know, this upheaval in life, you know, just created a desire to just go back mm. and resolve, you know, some other issues of some other things that were kind of boiling <laughs> yeah. or surfacing in your life? It was yeah. just, um, how, how long did it take, though, before you went back? How many it was, um, it was probably, I mean... I would say I would say it went on for like six months. I mean, it was a really, you know, really hard time. And like all challenging moments, what I've come to learn is like, while I was going through it, it was so hard. You know, I actually right around that time, I started, um, I had a really, a really dear relationship to me fall apart. And all of a sudden, it just didn't stop working. Um, and I also, you know, the career that I had built up that I absolutely loved just all of a sudden just lost that like spark for me. And I was really just searching for like, what is my next path? I think it was because I wasn't pursuing what I felt like I would my passions and what I would love because of all the fear of all the things I had built up and all that I would lose. And so I think life just gave me that kick in the butt to like, you know, move forward. Uh, but I was pretty reluctant. And so it was a very challenging time. And so I probably went through probably three, maybe six months of that and started making some changes as far as like, you know, starting to write and build my business and just at some point, all of a sudden, the idea of the Camino came back and it was, it felt like it was almost destiny as I look back and like, wow, I did ended up finishing exactly when I intended. And had I not made all those changes in my life, I wouldn't be walking into Santiago feeling the groundedness and the clarity that, yes, this is my path and this is it. Um, and so I don't know, like, I really have, I've been thinking about this. I'm like, would all that have happened had I not set that intention? And was it the Camino calling me back? And was it destiny? I mean, these are like these big, you know, life questions that you ponder that you, I may never, you know, know the answers to. So in your book, you have a multiple number of principles. Can you tell us about a few of those principles that you have learned that have, mm -hmm. are now guides to your own life? and that might be able to help our listeners uh, with their lives. Yeah. Um, 
I think I'll share two. And I think and if I come up with a third one that really jumps out, two right now jumps out at me. I think the first one is really having more faith and trusting that life will provide. It was interesting. The first day I walked the Camino, I was trying, I was reading a little bit about how you shouldn't carry too much, you know, too many things because it's heavy. I didn't even weigh my backpack. That's how unprepared I was. So I just <laughs> carried this big backpack across the French Pyrenees. Um, and I, cause I, and I was like, this is the bare essential. This is like everything I need, like the minimum. And there was still way too many things because I just felt like I needed so much to keep myself safe. Like I was just so worried I wouldn't have everything. And then as I was walking further and it got too heavy and I had to let things go, I started tell, learning. Tell, tell people like you're, you're only what you're five. <laughs> yeah, I'm five one and five I'm, one and, yeah, and, like, and yeah. you're, you're slim. And it's like she's carrying these. You know, you can get the image, this huge backpack because you had no idea how yeah. much to carry to this up, up the Pyrenees. <laughs> yeah, it's bigger than my torso and it was very heavy. And I, I was wearing boots that were not broken in. Those were the, That was the first day I wore them. It oh was a very gosh. painful experience. <laughs> Blisters, yeah, I can only imagine, you know, with this heavy thing and having blisters on your feet. <laughs> yeah, it was very, and then, you know, I also learned that you can have blisters over blisters, which was new to me because I had not been hiking. I know that too, the hikers listening here, they're like, of course, you know, but I, this was all new to me. Uh, but I learned a lot on the Camino. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I just learned to, and you, you learn that life, you know, life has its own way of teaching you lessons and you learn it one way or the other. You know? um, and also, I think like what I, you know, in the, when I started, one of the things I would yeah, like to wrap up with what I shared is just that I started learning to trust life more and I started learning I didn't need so much, you know, as far as the baggage, that big bag that I was carrying, I started just lightening my load um, and having more faith. And as I opened up, I started having opportunities like I'm late into a town and the, all the hostels are booked up, but there's one great hostel with only one bed left that I happen to find and walk in. And things like that that just made me feel like life will always provide for you if you have that faith yes yeah um i mean, I mean yeah you, you could live in fear like oh my gosh you know what am i gonna do am i going to sleep on the ground you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and have, you know have insects crawl on me because i don't have like a place to sleep and i don't have you know a place to shower or anything else like but you know it's like you said you know you you got into the town and it's like, we have one, one left. And so, oh my gosh, you know, it's like almost like, you know, life, it, it was expecting you. And yeah, this is that one left for just for you. Yeah. And you have faith, you know, that like life will provide and all will be okay. And the more I've gotten, you know, the Camino taught me that to really just let go and like surrender. And it's a great state because I just enjoyed it more. And I just trusted that life will provide. I never once had to sleep outside in the middle of the night, you know, on the <laughs> ground. I had always had a bed. I was always provided for. I was always, most of the nights I was like nice and warm. I think there were a few nights where it got a little cold and didn't have enough blankets. But overall, I was fine. Um, and so this like having more faith that life will provide. Um, and then the second thing that was really interesting is just learning about um, really honoring your own path. Like 
in the beginning, I like pushed myself really hard. I felt like I was like, I'm a goal setter. So I'm like, I need to walk this many kilometers. I'm going to push myself. People are supposed to walk it like this. Like I always had all these ideas and concepts about what it meant to really, truly walk the Camino de Santiago. I had this like whole idea built up. Um, and that like, you know, in the end, like if I didn't walk it like this, I wouldn't have earned my certificate that I get when I get to Compostela de Santiago. And I ended up like over the walk being like, you know what, this is my own path. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, how I walk it as long as I walk it in a way that's true to me. And I'm going to enjoy every moment and every experience of it. And I learned to just listen to my own inner guidance as far as, you know, how far to go, what's right for me, how much to carry, when to stop. Some days if I am feeling great, I walk 40 kilometers. Some days I walk 15 and just learning to really honor your own path and listen to your own guidance, I think was another really powerful lesson for me. That is so good. Uh, such good information. I just, I'm glad you said that mm -hmm. because a lot of people compare themselves to, you know, other people, other role models, but you've got to walk your own path. Mm -hmm. You've got to go at your own pace. Yeah. And, you know, since you were not um, an experienced hiker and you were setting like, you probably were setting very ambitious goals. So I know who you are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you were realizing like blisters on my feet. Um, you know, yeah. is this, this going to am I going to be uh, adhering to my, your goals? And you had to let go. You had to let yeah. go of what your, your conscious ego mind was telling you to do mm -hmm. and, and go inward and say, I'm going to go at the pace that where I can actually enjoy the whole experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you hit it right on. Because at some point, I'm like, why do I even believe I need to do it like this? Like, I was like, where did this idea even come from? Like, why do I have a concept about how I was supposed to walk the Camino when I've never walked it before? Um, and it wasn't like causing me, it was causing me a lot of pain the way I was doing it at first. And at some point, it's like, it was so painful, you have to change. I think that's one of the ways that life signals you to change. Um, yes. And just like trusting like your inner guidance, right, as far as what's right for you and letting go of comparing to everyone else and how they're walking because everyone's walking their path differently. And that's that's really um, the bottom line. Mm -hmm. It's you have to walk your own path the way that you walk it. That's most comfortable for you. Mm -hmm. And everyone has their own pace. Everyone has their own way of walking that path. Mm -hmm. And um, you have to. You know, I mean, that's that's the way life works. Yeah, for sure. So, and I just I started seeing um, the path as a metaphor for that. And it was just a really um, profound learning experience. And I think after the Camino, I started, you know, interacting with my life differently, being able to listen to myself more and tuning in as far as, you know, what's right and what's wrong. And I'm still on that journey. By no means have I figured it out. But I think I'm much better than, you know, before I walked the Camino. <laughs> It sounds like it. you've really grown and um, you have a lot to share in your book. So how can um, the audience, members of the audience, get a hold of your book? Um, it's available on Amazon. So um, you can go to Amazon and just, you know, type in the search one million steps and it should come up. Um, my other book, Self-Defined Success, is also there as well. And you can just type that into the search bar. Okay. And... Um, Nan, if somebody wants to hire you to um, work with them in their business, uh, what's the best way to do that? Um, they can go to my website. Um, I think that, you know, I don't know if you'll make that available 
um, on the author bio, but might, I also have a bit.ly link. It's um, bit.ly forward slash nhn books, and that takes you directly to my personal site, and you can have my, uh, my contact info, a contact form is there, and I do read all my messages. I'm not always great at responding to everything but I do read everything and I appreciate other messages but I definitely if someone you know reaches out I will make every effort to respond um, and you can get a hold of me there well it was a pleasure to have you on the show today and I learned a lot uh, because I'd heard about this um, journey on the Camino uh, I I'm not a hiker. My, I mean, I'm, I hike short distances, but not that <laughs> long distance. I, I wasn't think, either, you know. Eileen. I wasn't either. You know, <laughs> but to have um, have the courage to you know to set yourself your intention to get on this journey and to finish it. I mean, that's commendable. I really uh, think that you've got you know it was the inner strength and you know some things that happened, of course, you know because you took that break but the determination to fulfill your intentions and you did accomplish your healing that you expected and it did up level the person you are today. Yeah, it was a it was a real blessing and I'm grateful that I started, that I continued and that I finished as well. I think there were a lot of moments there when I doubted. Of course, I had decided I was going to finish no matter what but there were a lot of cha- moments where I was really um, was pushed to my limits but I'm grateful I'm really glad I did it looking back well thank you thank you for sharing this and um, I'm sure our audience enjoyed it and if you're interested in hearing uh, more about um, Nan you can go to her website again it's www.nganh. Uh, N-G-U-Y-E-N.com and, and get a hold of her copy of the One Million Steps and her other book, Self-Defined Success on Amazon. So thank you so much mm-hmm. and tune in for our next episode. Good night, everybody. Thank you for having me. Bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into The Balanced Millionaire with your host, Eileen Mendel, CEO of Inner Edge International, business consultant, multimedia marketing expert, renowned speaker and author. Connect with Eileen Mendel, The Balanced Millionaire. Increase your confidence, creativity, balance, awareness, direction, motivation, and catapult your business to the next level and beyond.